Well, this is new. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first edition, a brand new edition of Todd by the Bay. I'm your host, Nathan Bond, joined alongside me. I guess now, as always, Seth Varnador and Robert Stieg. Fellas, welcome to the show. We've got a bunch to discuss. Let's get, I'm going to steal, I think it's Split Zone Duo uses this. Uh, Shutdown Fullcast uses this. Let's get some podcast business out of the way, first and foremost. As you all may know, you know the, the former iteration of us no longer exists. So we had to come up with something different, something new. And uh, this is just one feature. This podcast, Pod by the Bay, is just one feature, one component of the overarching plan that we have uh, in the works. More news on that soon. Seth and Stieg, you guys have kind of been the brainchild behind it. I've kind of taken a backseat to let you guys take because you guys know what you're doing. I'm just uh, the pretty face and dulcet tones of this uh, outfit. So please take it away. I don't want to say anything I'm not supposed to say. So I'll let you guys put your foots in your mouths. Or each other's mouths, whichever one, whatever you guys are. Into. I mean, that, well, that was our meeting last week when <laughs> you know, just Steve and I. But yeah, no. So we, uh, Nathan, you came up with this beautiful name for Pod by the Bay, and there's more to that name than maybe meets the ear here. So uh, we'll be unveiling that more next week. Yeah. So we've got like a full kind of content schedule and. Uh, a bunch of new things, some old things kind of refreshed that we're going to roll out officially next week. August 1st will be kind of when we officially roll everything out. Um, we will have, like we've been, you know, had for a long, long time, a really good offering of content that'll be free. Uh, we're also going to be adding in some paid portions and there'll be more details on that next week with the official rollout of things but you know for the what's going to be free is this this pod will be free every pod by the bay will be free every week remaining free as its predecessor was you'll also get a weekly general college football podcast uh the blog boy roundtable that was part of a show we did on a streaming network last year we decided we don't want to do that anymore so we'll we'll make it a podcast, do it here and on YouTube. So that'll be another thing in your podcast feed every week. Then we'll have written stuff at Substack, and that'll include stuff from all of us. But you you know the weekly roundup will will be there. It may be in other forms as well. But you'll get Nathan's gamers, you know his his pieces on the football games and like that. That's always one of the more popular things on the previous site. So you'll have that there. And, you know, maybe some other things there and that'll be free. I think the most important one for a lot of people listening is Discord as it is right now will remain free. So everything that you enjoy right now about the Discord, that's not going away. We will be adding uh, in the future, maybe another section for paying members to get maybe a little more insider information. But the community that's growing and building there, that's all going to stay we're not going to change anything there. We'll have the other like community event, like playback is something we talked about 
that'll be something that's free where you can kind of do a watch party. Everybody synced up. We did it for uh, the women's tournament. It was a lot of fun. I will do that for some away games this year, but there'll still be a ton of things that are free, but uh, the podcast here will remain free. Steve, anything else that we talked about that I missed? I I don't think so. I I think the the main thing is that we still want to offer as much content to the general public as as we possibly can you know i i think over the years are and under the our previous name we did an excellent job of providing that free content you know a, a fair but firm hand towards the university of south florida athletics and we want to continue to offer that but along the same guise of things you know, we want to offer more to everyone, but with a benefit to all of us involved. And I think it's a pretty fair statement to say that the three of us work our asses off to for this for the school, for this university, and for everyone listening as well. And, and so, you know, we we want to make sure that we can provide as much content as possible and even more content. And and you know, putting some stuff behind a paywall is just gonna help us improve that content even more and even more. So, you know, I, I don't want people to think that we're you know, monetizing everything and, you know, we're, we're going to be hiding everything behind the paywall, like our, you know, our glorious local paper does. No, no, no. We, we want to be able to provide you all the, the content that you all deserve to cover this university. But there's some good stuff that we have in the works that I'm, I'm very excited about to, to get us, you know, moving and grooving and, and rolling in the, in a new era of, you know, whatever this is going to be called. Yeah. And, and this is a plan that's been formulating since really in, I think in my mind and your guys' minds as well, kind of since the coaching search, yes. uh, where there was so much bad information going out all over the place. We, you know, you guys have sources, people were connected to sources, and we were hearing one thing and what was getting reported on and getting a, you know, a ton of traction with stuff that we were told was not going to happen or, or a part of it happened, but it's really not, you know, the, the, re, the conclusions that are being come to are not correct and so we we know it was then that we started thinking man we should really uh you know look into doing more here and that's where we started the discord just to be able to share stuff quickly uh so we kind of anticipated this was going to come down the the previous site uh that they may want to take back control of it or or shut it down or, or whatever so this is something we've been thinking about doing for a while and i think there's you know, a real opportunity for us with kind of what you're, you know, the, the local paper of record, I think is the opinion there from USF fans kind of at an all time low, it seemed like. Um, and we kind of think that we can offer comparable coverage or maybe superior coverage without condescending. No, maybe a, we'll condescend every now and then, but, uh, <laughs> That's part of the I mean, brand, but this is, that is so ingrained into our brand. I think it'll be uh, more timely. I would say not the constant um, condescension. I think no snarky. Yes, yeah, and that's I think that's just life on the internet, right? Life in the big city, you gotta have some snark. But I, I, there, there seems to be a growing resentment between the fan base and some other media outlets, and we think we can cover the team. Especially, you know, certain sports, I think we're the best at, I think, overall. And, and that's something we'll kind of say. I think program-wide, every sport in total, I think we cover it better than everybody. Um, Nobody's covering women's tennis. I have straight up. 
Stegan Nobody's- Vito covered the Olympic sports better than everybody else. Um, no one, no one calls for a women's tennis coach to be fired like me, and then gets tagged on and their then face spurs and spurs a run. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think we cover football, which I think is the most important thing to a lot of people. I think we cover football better than everybody else. Um, and I think that'll continue. So if you are a USF football fan, where we will be next, I think is the place you need to be. Um, and what really what it's going to kind of boil down to is what we've been doing, what you've been getting from us. You'll still get mostly for free. We're just going to add some other things in some extra content, some other opportunities to get information from us, things like that, that will go behind a paywall. So, yeah, we've talked about, I mean, honestly, we've really been talking about this seriously branching out. We kind of knew, you know, as the former managing editor at the old place, kind of knew, you know, the the writing was on the wall, the clock was ticking. Uh, When some of the bigger sites got dumped, we always figured we were an accounting error. And then they, they just kind of finally figured it out. Um, so we've been fig- trying to figure out the best way to A, provide great coverage, and then B, also get other people paid. I'll be candid, man. I was the only one taking a paycheck from that. Everybody else was doing this just for fun. You were getting paid? Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. man. Yeah. So it was... It's been a labor of love. I mean, for 14 years, this has still been a labor of love. The, the amount of money that we've in total lost doing this in, you know, time, actual money, paying for trips to Navy to just see quite possibly the worst quarterback showing I've ever seen in my entire life in person. Like worse than the Padgel missed outing that I ever witnessed uh, as a fan growing up. Like that was brutal. You had Kirk Rigel throw 90 mile an hour bullets from four yards away. Uh, I mean, it really had everything, but it's, it's tough to do. And I think we've seen the landscape change a little bit. And I think it's going to put a more responsibility. It's going to make us make sure that we are providing the content that you all deserve. If we're taking your money. Right. If we're earning your money, it's kind of, we have an obligation to you guys to make sure that you are getting the content that you deserve on a weekly, you know, daily basis and not, you know, once every six months. So on that note, let's switch gears. Let's get into actual real life, almost kind of football stuff. Uh, it was AAC Media Days Monday and Tuesday as we wrap it up on a, a Tuesday night here uh, in Tampa. USF head coach Alex Golish and quarterback Gary Bohannon and defensive tackle Rashad Cheney Jr. flew out to Arlington, Texas and spoke with the media or as they prepare for the 2023 season in which they were picked to not last, hashtag not last, but 13th out of 14 teams trailing only behind Charlotte uh, and their new head coach, Biff Pogge, will, I think we'll discuss his entrance into uh, head coaching uh, in front of the media uh, at large, that probably the six people that were actually in Arlington. Let's get the the, the standings, the, the preseason media poll out of the way. Tulane was picked to finish first, which is not surprising. They won the conference last year. They beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. The only... 
I think the really the only competition in this conference this year for them is UTSA and, and Frank Wilson and Jeff Trailer. They've they're back to back conference USA champions. So they're coming in, you know, on a hot streak. And the thing that both teams have in common is they pretty much returned all of the important ones. I know Tulane lost Tajay Spears, but you know, Michael Pratt's still there and that was kind of up in there for a little bit. They were able to retain him. I know I think Tulane had to replace both coordinators, one coordinator. I know they have really cool names, but for on the UTSA side, basically returned everyone. I think they lost one wide receiver. Is the card Frank very, transferred Ole Miss? Very good wide receiver. I think he kind of got overshadowed by Frank Wilson. Whenever anyone talked about UTSA, he was very good for them. But they still have a lot of talent returning. It's those two teams and everybody else. I don't think Memphis is quite up to par. I know SMU got we got some love in the SMU. That's my dark horse. I think just just in terms of all the transfer talent they brought in, and and you know their offense is going to be pretty good with Lashley. So I think they're a dark horse. But I think yeah, the the two at the top are certainly the two that were at the top. Yeah, Frank Harris. I was saying Frank Wilson. I don't even know who Frank Wilson is. Someone. I'm sure it's a they're, they're a nice person. Um, but coach. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's how he a coach right. at UTSA, I think. I think he was from LSU, maybe. Or am I thinking of somebody else? Where are you guys pulling this? Yeah. Name out of here. Yeah, Frank yeah, Wilson, Wilson was was a LSU assistant and was the UTSA head coach. So there it is. See, I, I knew I knew it. He, Flamed out miserably. I remember that. And that was a tough beat because I really enjoyed him. But anywho, uh, so USF, 86 points. Uh, they they cleared Charlotte by a solid 22. But, you know, above them, I'll, I'll kind of go, oh, let's go top to bottom. So Tulane had 21st place votes. Uh, UTSA had nine. SMU had three pl- first place votes. Memphis had one. And then uh, five through 10 was uh, FAU and new head coach Tom Herman. Six was uh, East Carolina, Mike Houston. Seven, North Texas, Eric Wilson is the new head coach there. Um, Seth Patrell, I think he, that's another one. We'll, we'll kind of get dig in deeper into North Texas and why that didn't work out when we actually preview North Texas. But that was one that I thought for sure was going to be a, a banger for them. Didn't work out. UAB somehow got a first place vote. God bless Trent Dilfer and having friends in the media already, I guess. I don't understand how they got a first place vote. It's literal. Vanderbilt, no got, Vanderbilt got five votes to win the SEC championship. Well, wasn't that because of like the Reddit, Reddit college football got votes or something like that? I don't know. But <laughs> five, they got five votes. So, I mean, these aren't, I don't think people are taking this crazy serious. There's some people aren't taking this too serious. And it's about to say it's preseason media poll. I mean, you get what you get. And yeah, for some odd reason, you can apply to next year. I might do that. I might, I might apply and uh, rank the teams based off of uh, how many survivor uh, castaways have attended the uh, university. <laughs> hey, here's the thing I usually get a vote, didn't get one this year. So that's rude of that. Um, I'll have to talk to Chuck about that. Ninth was Navy. They have a new head coach. They're still going to run the triple. If you guys didn't listen to the Split Zone Duo AAC preview, there's a very good section where Stephen Godfrey and Richard Johnson kind of discuss why that's a terrible idea in 2023 to continue running the triple the traditional way. 
they really touch on it. Richard kind of goes into the X's and O's of why just the triple's not effective anymore. I know Army's going away from it. Yeah, Richard, um, he actually wrote a really good piece. I think him and one other person for SI about Army getting away from the triple option. You know, the change in blocking rules is kind of negated some of your advantages. Yes. There, so. Uh, tenth is Temple with EJ Warner. Um, they also have a new head coach. Can't remember his name. Is it Stan Drayton? Is that the guy? Is that him? Yeah, it's um, him. Tulsa, who their new head coach got unceremoniously um, asked to leave Indiana. I can't remember. Tom Wilson? Kevin Wilson. Kevin, Kevin, all the Wilsons. Um, Kevin Wilson, uh, which is how Tom Allen got the head coaching job at Indiana. Real sketchy thing, how he's back co- coaching college football. But here we are. Uh, that Tulsa head coaching search, by all accounts, was an absolute mess and uh, just bungled from the jump. I believe he uh, was Rice. the OC for the really good Oklahoma offenses. Then he got the Indiana job, and then he's been at Ohio State since he left the Indiana job. So, yeah, um, he's got a good reputation in terms of X's and O's. But yeah, I don't know about the other stuff. Yeah, his people skills may be lacking. <laughs> uh, then uh, Rice at twelfth. USF 13th, Charlotte 14th. Not surprising. USF was 1 11 in 2022. Uh, they're bringing in 50 new players, uh, scholarship and walk on. They have a new head coach, an entirely new staff. There are literally nowhere else to go. I mean, I guess you could finish that last from the preseason poll. Steve, to your point about it being a preseason poll, uh, since the start of the American Conference, which was 2013, only two preseason favorites have gone on to actually end up being the conference champion. That was Central Florida in 2017 and then Cincinnati two years ago. So we're going on, well, this is going to be year 10. So 20% of the time it's happened, or a little less than. Um, so there you have it. I think people are going to be shocked by what UTSA brings. I think it was, I think. UTSA only getting nine place, first place votes is probably a more biased, like, hey, the new guy can't win the conference kind of thing. Uh, we'll see how that ends up shaking out. But going to the USF side of things of Media Day, was there anything that stood out to you guys about you know, any of the two questions as Alex Gulich got from the media while he uh, spoke to the media up at the podium or anything else of that ilk? I think, Steve, you kind of nailed it about what media day really is. I mean, let's, I joke about it and, but in in sincerity, uh, I I posted in the discord saying, uh, this is your media day preview. Bullish, like first off, USF was going to get either pick last or second to last. It was very obvious, but then yeah, Golish was going to say, you know, rah, rah, the team's coming together. They're doing great things. They're gelling. We have 50 new guys, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's a wide open competition, the normal coach speak. And then Gary's going to get up there. Gary's going to say, yeah, we're all gelling together pretty well. And I'm throwing and uh, I feel really good. And then Rashad Cheney's going to get up there and say, yeah, we're gelling really well together and we're having a lot of fun. And, you know, we're, we gotta, we gotta figure it out. And basically that's, that's what they said. It's, it's, it's coach speak. They're not going to tell you really much of substance, um, especially if you're in what I would consider to be in the bottom half of the league, you know, you, you might get, an off the wall question, especially as a new coach, but you know, for, for USF and for Charlotte, you know, there's not much to talk about, unfortunately to the, to the head coach, you know, the, the, the big storylines that 
most fans would probably want to talk about or probably want to know. They've already been talking about this entire summer. You know, both these teams are, you know, retooling an entire roster. What else mm-hmm. can you know about it? You know, the, the, there's right. it's very obvious. And I, I think Golish got a little lucky again. I mean, you know, speaking back to the previous podcast you guys had with him saying that, you know, thank God Dion did what he did because that he got off of me. I, I I turned over my roster just like he did. And they're all talking about him and Biff Pogi, same thing. I mean, Biff Pogi got up there and said, oh, three questions. That's it. Cool. Gets gets the hell out of there. He did not and say cool. Get, yeah, right. <laughs> trying to try to be family friendly in this new uh, era of uh, of us, but uh, yeah. And then Gola's gone up there and only got two questions. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it hurts that the local you know media couldn't be there to help him out and you know ask him a few uh, you know softball questions. But that's kind of the the era that we're in right now. It's it's unfortunate, but that's you know that's the product of what USF has been in the past, and now you have to go out there and prove that you're better than two questions and three questions, respectively. How does the conference not have like some moles in there just to ask questions? I was well, at I was at a high school I was at a high school media day last year, and the people that were putting on had people in the crowd to ask questions just in case the media people only asked one or two. Like they they had people in there just to keep some of the guys up on the podium for a little bit. Seth, gun to my head, you couldn't tell me that second question wasn't a mole. I could have, what do you think about, I, I, I couldn't hear it, but I, I think it was something about, you know, do you have any relationships with the other coaches in conference? It was basically, are, are you excited about, is there anything that you're excited about playing against any of these new teams coming into the conference? Yeah. They're they, like, Goalist said, cannot, I won't say if any of them are personal. And then he said a second later, they're all personal. They're all personal. And then he followed that up with, he's quote, go Bulls. And then uh, said, thank you. Uh, the moderator said, thanks, coach. And he said, thanks. Go Bulls. Hopefully a year from now, we're relevant enough to have a bunch of questions. Go Bulls. And walked off the set. Yeah, I, I thought in his like opening remarks, he said a couple things that were um, not necessarily newsworthy, but interesting. The one uh, that I think is probably the, the, or the couple that are the bigger thing, like 49 total new players. 38 of those are scholarship players since he took over. Like, and that's flipping the roster over. You get eight, you get 85 scholarships, I think 110 guys total. 38 new scholarship players, 49 total new players. And then I think you mentioned, and this was an answer to one of the two questions. That's the funny thing is Biff Fogey slammed the podium after only getting three, only three questions. All right. And then Golish goes and gets two. And nobody's talking about the two. They're talking about the three because Biff had a nice slam on the podium. Um, but I think he said that 13 of the scholarship or 13 of the 38 guys were guys they got after spring. So 13 mm-hmm. scholarship players after spring. And then the only other thing I thought was funny, I wrote a quote down. He said something to, to the uh, effect of uh, the last three, talking about the last three years, is three years that hasn't been successful in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and so I thought I was like, "Oh, okay, that's." Uh, I mean, you want to going after the previous regime? I mean, it's not hard, but just uh, no, there's no success at all in any way, shape, or form. So, other than that, you know, like the players, it's kind of like Steve said. I think uh, Bovanin said out school, which is the hardest work he's ever seen. What's he gonna say? Like, yeah, you know, coach kind of late. Now, that's not gonna say that. Or like Todd Orlando's really got everybody developed through spring. You're not going to hear much there. I've you never heard a coach say, "Yeah, I'm really worried about our culture, guys." I don't. 
I got to be honest with you, your media guys, there's something going on. I don't, I don't know what it is. You're never going to hear that. So especially early on now you'll hear, uh, iterations of it at, as the previous head coach would kind of let on. He was definitely a guy who, uh, like to really say maybe three things too much that he probably could have held back on. And then the guy before him was even worse. So I think Alex Golich is just kind of learning what not to do. I think the the fun thing is he's going to give he's going to give his his thoughts and he's going to be biting about it in a very sarcastic and uh, usually funny way, and that really sits well with me. That is typically how I have lived my life for the last thirty one years, and basically since we're twins, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to to kind of see. Now he better win freaking games, and he's going to keep this attitude up. Yeah, he's very, that's the, very that's direct, the one thing. Very, direct, very direct, which I think can rub some people the wrong way. And I think we've seen some of that with uh, some of the people that have transferred out, uh, not too happy with, with the new staff. But I, I think that's normal in terms of personality change. You go from a guy that's really, you know, like Kumbaya. Yeah. And then the guy that's super direct and it's probably like, hey, you're not good enough for you're not doing this right. You need to do this, this, and this, or you're not going to play here. That kind of changes things, right? That, so that's, you know, but, you know, it, I think it makes for, for good sound bites when you get questions. I really thought he'd get more questions just based from about Tennessee. You know, uh, I thought that would be something people would be interested here's, in. Here's the thing. I don't, it didn't seem like there were a lot of people there. If we're being totally candid here. And I watched Willie Fritz's interview. And his very first question was a word salad of vomit. Uh, it took like a minute for the guy to finish actually getting to the question part of how we started talking. He congratulated the coach twice about winning the conference. And then he basically, for a minute, tried to get across a question that was simply put, so do you talk about last year with your team or no? <laughs> I know. I think that the that, problem, that was the that was the, the question tr- that was the question. It just took him like a minute and a half to get there. I love that. So it's I mean, let's be frank here, man. It's this freaking conference. The conference is not good. They're it's just not good. It's it's a good for G five, but you're not going to get the coverage, especially when ACC media days are also happening in in what is it in North Carolina this year? I don't even know where it is. I would assume Charlotte, because that's where home base is for the ACC, right? But that's that's just where it is, man. This is just who this conference is now. The best way to change things and have people, you know, ask you more questions if you're Biff or you're Alex, win games, get the F out of this conference. Those off, objective number one, win games. Objective number two is as a byproduct, you you get out of this conference. I assure you the three teams that left this conference are getting more than two questions at Big 12 Media Days. And you can Just, leave his friends, apparently. Yeah. Oh, God. Mike Oresco. Jeez. Give me a freaking break, bro. <sighs> okay. Breathe. Deep breaths. Man, that, no, I, that I, irritated I, I, the crap out of me. I just think at this point, like, first off, also, with the amount of media coverage that has been going on over the last, like, four months, five months, really. I mean, it's been nonstop. Like, what else are you going to talk about at this point? Like, that's that's the main thing with the media days is that this, this media days 
all of the stuff that you could talk about with these teams have been just drilled for the past six months because people are starved to like just know what's happening and know what's going on and everything like you know I, I, and and then other things that people just don't care about like to me it, it's fascinating to bring in 13 new guys after the spring you know hey goalish how are those 13 new guys being acclimated like how what are you doing over the summer to get those 13 new guys acclimated there's there's questions to be asked and everything like that but at the same time it's all just been drilled in already because you have like people are going to asking about the new teams that are in the conference. They've already written 15 articles about that, you know, talking about Tulane versus UTSA. Like, you know, how's that going to be competed? There's 40 articles about that. It's just, it, it's overblown coverage at this point that now media days happening, you know, three weeks before the season or five weeks before the season. Like the only thing that people are going to be looking for is just sound bites and right. billboard content and, you know, and stuff that you could just throw on the, you know, the bulletin board before a game and say, you know, at, at AAC media days, I mean, it's just, it's the same thing that happened with Georgia. Like some, like they took bulletin board material from like one of the media members asking if Georgia's going to be able to repeat. And then, you know, Kirby Smart stuck that on the whiteboard and said, you know, they're doubting you. And then Georgia's like, like that's all that media days are for. It's just bulletin board material for for coaches and yeah. for players. So, fuck it. What, what did they do yesterday at media for media day? It was twenty fourth, twenty fifth. What did they do? Yesterday? Yeah, it was just pitch, pictures, um, meet and greets. There was like a dinner for the teams. Um, and I just thought it was really bizarre how you'd have the coach speaking at the podium, and they, if you didn't watch just the podium feed, if you were watching the media day coverage, it would have the coach speaking at the podium, and they just cut away. To them talking to players, you can see the coaches still talking in the background. Yeah, it's like what is and that's. I saw that feed initially. Didn't see because it was right before his little soundbite at the end. I was like, "Oh man, they cut, they cut away from it." And then I actually had to go find the podium feed on their YouTube to actually see the full nine minutes and twenty one seconds of it. Willie Fritz's interview was five minutes long. The whole your deal. conference cha- that your conference champion got five minutes. You know who I would think got the most time? Dilfer. Uh, there, the answer will surprise you because I was looking at it too, and I will pull up the exact amount. Dilfer was. Uh, I'll tell you, it's Tom Herman, the Hermanator. Yeah, they Tom, what's it like being back in the AAC? Tom, Tom, that's exactly that's, that's like that's basically the NFL. That, that's definitely that led off his remarks. Tom. I think I'm really excited to be back in this conference. Really excited to be back as a head coach in college football. Dilfer was right. interesting. That could be a beautiful failure. All right. So what's your what's your pick? Who which coach had the longest? Uh, just off the ones I saw, I would guess Dilfer, just because I think people wanted he liked to talk a little bit, and he's even mentioned that he was trying to go long, so he got fewer questions. He'd be my guest, but I didn't see everybody, so I may have missed somebody earlier. Just based off the YouTube time of each video, it was drum roll, blah 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 blah. North Texas head coach Eric Morris at 15 minutes 54 seconds, followed closely by FAU head coach Tom Herman at 15 minutes nine seconds. Good call. Oh, sorry. I I gave Willie Fritz 53 extra seconds. It was 407. That's how long his interview so was. So did he just not do an opening statement? They just say, all right, what do you got? You guys got questions? Hold on, Mike Leach. Yeah, it, 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 the first thing was a, the question. Um, so 
And here's a, like, see, you kind of mentioned it and we'll wrap this up um, on this, on this note. Media days used to be about actually getting together, talking to the coaches. And it's really about like the background stuff for the media. Uh, like it's not for the front facing, like actually providing stuff. It's about, you know, me having breakfast with Charlie Strong after uh, the media days and uh, us talking about why they did decide not to go to, on the, uh, the Ireland trip to make the, what was it, the Wisconsin game uh, in Dublin, why they decided against that. That's the background stuff for media days. That's really what it's about. And because college football and football in general has become such a 365 sport, there's only so much you can discuss that you haven't talked about before. And that's why Seth and I, we tried so hard on the previous podcast, on the previous show, to ask Coach Golish different questions to make it more interesting because he was getting the same boilerplate stuff. And that's what happens everywhere. And the the best thing for any conference going into media day is have something interesting to talk about. What's interesting? You 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 lost your three best teams and you add a bunch of people because you needed numbers for like men's soccer. And you thought this would be your best bet. Pac-12 media days, they have the media deal hovering over this thing, right? That's that's interesting. That's something you have the national championship, the national champions, you have Alabama, Georgia in the SEC. Like there are things to talk about. Florida State seemingly back in the ACC. That's something to talk about. Is Clemson on the downswing? Something to talk about. Big 12, you're adding three pretty good, four pretty good teams into a conference where you're losing Texas and Oklahoma next year. There's stuff to talk about. Big 10 media days. Jim Harbaugh's about to get suspended for four, for four games for, you know, giving a kid a burger. And that story was hilarious. That story is hilarious. If you guys look it up, but that's just what media days is. There's nothing. It's, like you bring in six new teams, but it's a pretty somber note because you lost three of your best programs and not just in football, but like most sports, like you, you lose your dominant volleyball program. Like it, that, it's tough. It's a tough beat, but here we are. You lose your two, one, two of your best basketball teams. Um, and with Memphis and Houston or sorry, with, with Houston and Cincinnati, um, my apologies. That's just what it, what we're at. That's where we're, we're heading toward, but brighter days ahead, folks. And I want to wrap up. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, Steve, for kind of spearheading this new venture that we're going to go on. It's it's going to be fun. Oh, very open to feedback. But for now, thanks for tuning in to Pod by the Bay. I was your host, Nathan, joined by Seth Farndor and Robert Stieg. And as always, go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.